Good morning, everyone. My name is Pastor Ryan. I am senior pastor here at Church of the Atonement. We would like to welcome you this morning to our Palm Sunday uh, gathering for worship. It, we have a beautiful morning to worship the Lord and celebrate uh, the events of Holy Week and how they began uh, with Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Uh, we would like to uh, open up this morning with a reading, a call to worship from uh, Psalm 118, and uh, listen to this reading of God's Word. Psalm 118, I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, His steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, His steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his steadfast love endures forever. And that would include us, God's family here at Church of the Atonement and our friends and family who are joining us for worship virtually. Let us remember the steadfast love of the Lord. Let us sing about it and rejoice. May our hearts and lips be filled with his praise this morning. Let's stand. Well, if you want to stand, you can stand. We're going to stand here and sing and respond to God's uh, glory uh, by giving him love and honor.
thank you all for giving us some feedback immediately about some of the audio issues. We're going to try to take care of that really quick before we proceed with the sermon. Um, so if you just bear with us for a few moments, we're going to make a couple adjustments and hopefully we can continue with worship. Okay, we'll probably, we'll probably end up cutting and then coming back. If that happens, come back. If that happens. We may have to end the stream just for a second, but we will be right back, so stick around. We'll be live in just a few moments. Okay, can anybody hear us now? We're testing now to see if we uh, took care of it. Are the notifications dinging and pinging and vibrating? We'll take some instant feedback at this point. Rob Riddle says yes. Katie Welch in England says yes. It's sounding good or we're getting dings and pings? It's clearer. No, no. There'll be no. Would you test your mic, please? There'll be no pings. One, two, three. Testing. One, two, three. All right. We're all good. Let's proceed. Wonderful. Thank you all for your patience. Well, what a demonstration that we are not perfect people. Um, we are all, each of us, flawed. And um, as we come and we worship a holy God, a God who is perfect, a God who uh, gives us his word and his instruction, even as believers, as we look to our lives, it's very easy to see the different ways in which we do not live as he calls us to live. Um, as we who believe we are God's people in Christ Jesus, we still look at our lives and we see how we fall short of God's glory. And so I would invite you to uh, join me in a word of prayer, of confession this morning. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your love and for your grace. And we are leaning strongly upon your love and grace that is ours in Christ Jesus as we come before you this morning, confessing our sins. Lord, you are aware of the many ways in which we have sinned against you. And we may be coming before you now aware of a few of them. And so, Lord, we want to take just a few moments in the quiet of our homes, in the quiet of this calm, uh, calm Sunday morning. And we want to reflect upon the ways that we have trespassed your law. And we want to confess those things to you now. So, Father, hear our prayers. Father, thank you for hearing us. Thank you for being our shelter and our hiding place. Thank you for giving us access to your throne of grace through the precious blood of Christ. 
We ask for your forgiveness for these sins, and we pray that your Holy Spirit would intercede on our behalf for the sins that we've committed of which we are unaware, and plead for our forgiveness. In the strong name of Christ we pray. Amen. Brothers and sisters, the good news of the gospel and the assurance that we can rest in comes to us from 1 John 1.9. John writes these simple but powerful words. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess he's faithful to forgive and just because of what Jesus did on our behalf, he is both of those things. Faithful and just. And so we can rest in that promise and continue worshiping the Lord. We would invite you to uh, use this time which we would typically use for our tithes and offerings here in our worship service at the church. Continue worshiping in that way. Use this as a time to respond to the Lord's grace and His goodness, the way that He has revealed Himself to you in your life. Respond to that goodness and love by giving of your tithe and offering this morning, and let us continue worshiping, um, being led in spirit and in truth by our music team. down will you ride by me palm leaves on the ground will you come close to me I'm just a voice in this crowd but I'm bowing down and shouting out loud save me I need you to save me to this place hoping you'll pass by here I long to see your face will you be coming near to take the stone of my grieving and teach me to sing a song of believing save me I need you to save me oh save I need you to save me. Blessed is he who can save me, who comes in the name of the Lord. The kingdom has now come. He saves in the name of the Lord. God has heard us and will return us to favor in the sight of the Lord. Blessed is he who can save me, who comes in the name of the Lord. I'm such a sinful man, can you draw near to me? I do the best that I can to welcome you close to me. But like a recurring dream, I'm always beginning over and over 
it seems. Save me, I need you to save me. Whoa, save me, I need you to save me. God has heard us and will return us to favor in the sight of the Lord. Blessed is he who can save me, who comes in the name of the Lord. The kingdom has now come, he saves in the name of the Lord. God has heard us and will return us to favor in the sight of the Lord. Blessed is he save me who comes in the name of the Lord the kingdom has now come he saves in the name of the Lord God has heard us and will return us to favor in the sight of the Lord blessed is he who can save me who comes in the name of the Lord All right. Well, it is time for our children's sermon, and uh, this children's sermon is going to be pretty short and sweet. Hopefully, you can all see this word that is behind me. Some of you may even be able to read this word, but I'm going to tell you what it is. This is the word Hosanna. Hosanna. This is a word on Palm Sunday that usually churches are filled with people singing this word. They're filled with people shouting this word. Sometimes we're Uh, We have reenactments where people walk in waving palm branches and they process in yelling this word or singing this word. And I kind of thought, I wonder if we really know what this word means. Because it's not an English word. This word is actually a Hebrew word. It was a word that was a word uh, in the language of God's people, Israel. And the word really just means save us. It's a cry for help. Save us. Hosanna. Kind of like Luke was just singing about. Save us or save me. And so it was used a lot of times. We see this word appear in the Psalms where people will be writing and they'll ask God to come and save them. And one of the Psalms that it appears in is Psalm 118, which is all over our our uh, order of worship today. And it might be a good one for you to read with your parents this week uh, and read about how God has acted to save and will act to save. But what's interesting about this word is it's a cry for help, where somebody's saying, help me, rescue me, save me. But on Palm Sunday, what we celebrate and what all the people who gathered as Jesus was coming into Jerusalem was that the cry for help actually sounded more like a celebration. People were excited that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. And in their minds, they saw when they looked at Jesus that God was saving. Now, he may not have been saving in the way they all expected, but God was working. And people could see that as they looked to Jesus, that God was at work. And so this word that kind of comes out of a cry for help at that point became a cry of celebration, a shout for joy or jubilation. And so our prayer is that for each one of us, as we go through life and we cry out for God to help, that God will reveal to us his help in Jesus. And that's our prayer for all of you as well. Would you pray with me? 
Father, we thank you for this word, Hosanna. We thank you for how its meaning shifted in your scriptures, how it started out as this, this cry and, and asking for your help, and how it became almost an answered prayer as people look to Jesus. We pray, Father, as we face uncertain things or scary things, as we cry out for you, that you would make yourself real to us, that we would look to Jesus and see a reason to shout, Hosanna, God saves. We ask also that you be with Pastor Terrence as he continues to bring your word to us this morning. We pray that we would be encouraged and strengthened by all that is in uh, your scriptures and that you would fill him with your spirit as he uh, shares what you have given him to share with us this morning. Lord, we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Good morning. We come here this Palm Sunday to feast upon the Word of God, to hear the Lord's Word as He's given it to us. Over the past month, uh, Pastor Ryan has been preaching a series called In Search of a King. God's people rejected God as their king. You see that as Pastor Ryan taught us in 1 Samuel chapter 8, they wanted a king like the other nations. They wanted to look just like the people around them. God gave them what they wanted. Saul became their king, and Saul failed. He failed as an impeccable leader, and God chose another. He chose David to be their king. David is described in the Scriptures as a man after God's own heart, and yet David David was a man who failed. He did not succeed as a perfect king. The people never really got what it was that they really, truly needed. Which leads us today to Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 21. Hear now God's Word. I'll be reading verses 1 to 11, and I do encourage you to have your Bibles open. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a coal, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and Jesus sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before Jesus and that followed Jesus were shouting, Hosanna! Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! And when he entered Jerusalem... 
the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Would you pray with me? Most all-wise, our Heavenly Father, we come today before the Word and we pray, O Lord, that you would give light. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would let us see Christ a little clearer. We pray that you would transform our hearts through your Word. Lord, that when we are done today, we know you better. We thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you for your grace, your kindness to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we're going to look at four questions. Four questions regarding Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. The first question we look at is this. What are Jesus' special instructions to the two disciples? What are Jesus' special instructions to the two disciples? Our passage tells us that Jesus prepares to enter Jerusalem. Jesus prepares to enter the great city. Over the course of his life, Christ has come to Jerusalem many times, no doubt, for here is where the Day of Atonement is celebrated. Here is where the great Passover feast is held, and everyone who is a part of the Israel nation, they come back to celebrate the Passover here. Here is where the temple, the great temple, is located, that great place where God met with his people like he did in the tabernacle in the time of Moses. Here is the place where the daily sacrifices for sin occur over and over again to remind God's people of God's holiness, His purity, His perfection, and their failure. In the temple, the lambs are offered over and over and over again. Jesus. Jesus prepares to go into Jerusalem. His hour has arrived. The, the time for this great purpose for which Jesus has come into the world has finally arrived. Well, he gives some instructions, some very important instructions to two of his disciples. He needs some transportation, if you will. Verse 2 reads, in the village in front of you, Jesus says, you're going to find a donkey tied up, and beside her is her colt. Untie them and bring them to me. Seems pretty straightforward, right? Well, Jesus, he even tells these two disciples what to say if anyone has a problem with you taking these two donkeys. Tell them the Lord needs them, and they'll let them go. Well, Jesus particularly needs the cult of the donkey. It's imperative that Jesus have that cult before he enters the city. Uh, 
The Gospel writer Matthew and the Gospel writer John, they both provide some information about what happens with Jesus' special instructions at this point in his life. But only Matthew, only Matthew gives all the necessary details about why these instructions, why these particular instructions are so special and important. Why? Why does Jesus need this cult before going into the great city of Jerusalem? Well, Jesus' instructions to his disciples and their obedience to his words bring about the fulfillment of prophecy. Leads to the second question. What prophecy is Jesus fulfilling? Number two, what prophecy is Jesus fulfilling? I want to give you a definition of Old Testament prophecy. The prophets in the Old Testament spoke God's message. They were God's mouthpiece to whoever God sent them to speak to. Sometimes it was the nation of Israel. Sometimes it was the surrounding nations. But the prophet, the true prophet, was given, select, was selected by God and given his authoritative word to go and to speak to the people. The Old Testament prophets, like Zechariah in particular, they prophesied about the coming of God's anointed one, God's special, set-apart one. The one who would come and save his people, the one who would be their king forever. Well, if you have your Bibles or, or a, a pen and a piece of paper, I do want you to write this down. Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9. Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9. Zechariah 9 and verse 9 is a prophecy. It's a prophecy. The prophecy reads thus. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Zion is another name for Jerusalem. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey, male child of a donkey. In order for you to get a, a better understanding of this, I, I want you to see two things, two lessons, if you will. In John's Gospel, chapter 1 and verse 1, you read the following, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Dealing with before creation, there was God. Verse 14 of John's Gospel, chapter 1, reads, And the Word became flesh. The Word who is in the beginning with God, the Word became flesh. And tabernacled. In your Bibles, it probably says, and dwelt among us. You can write above that, tabernacled. The Word became flesh and tabernacled among us, and we have seen, visually seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. 
this is Jesus. The first lesson here I want you to see is this. Jesus is the Word of God. Jesus is the one John's talking about who existed in eternity before time began. Jesus is the Word of God. He is the Son of God, the second person in the Trinity who became a man. He became like you. He became like me. He entered into physical space, time, and reality, space, time, and creation, becoming like one of us. I like to call him the God-man. Jesus is the God-man. He is 100% God, and he is 100% man. That's important. In Zechariah chapter 1 and verse 1, we read the following. In the eighth month, in the second year of Darius, who was the imperial ruler at that time, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah. The word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah. The second lesson I want you to see here, the first lesson is Jesus is the word of God. The second lesson is the word of God came to Zechariah in the Old Testament. The second person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Son, not the Father, but the Son, came to Zechariah the prophet with a message. Let me put it this way. The pre-incarnate Jesus, all that means is before he became a man, before he was born, the pre-incarnate Jesus came to the prophet Zechariah with a message for God's people that only the Son of God would be able to fulfill. Jesus needs the colt to ride upon as he enters into Jerusalem because that is what he told Zechariah he would do. Son, back in the Old Testament, the Word comes to the prophet and he informs him of something that's going to happen long after the prophet dies. He talks to him about he's how he is going to enter the great city of Jerusalem. Well, this leads to our third question. How does Jesus enter Jerusalem and how is Jesus treated. Number three, how does Jesus enter Jerusalem and how is he treated? Well, what particular scene does Matthew report to us? Notice the actions of the crowds. The people lay cloaks on the road. They lay branches on the road. Now, as I was studying for this this week, I never knew this. There's only one place in the Gospels where we learn that palm branches are used. Do you all know what that is? You know what gospel that is? The Apostle John in the Gospel of John, he's the one who tells us palm branches were used. Well, there are crowds in front of Jesus and there are crowds 
behind Jesus. And what are they doing? Well, they're leading him into the city. They're following him into the city. And all of them are shouting an extremely important proclamation. The Hosanna praise. The Hosanna praise. Pastor Ryan talked about that in the children's sermon. You see the Hosanna praise in Matthew chapter 21 and verse 9. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. They called Jesus the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Well, I want you to see another uh, gospel writer who gives the Hosanna praise. In Luke chapter 19, verses 37 to 38, we read the following. As he, as Jesus was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, so the Mount of Olives is to uh, the east of the city of Jerusalem, and Jesus is descending the Mount of Olives, going down through the valley and up into the city of Jerusalem. Well, there's a whole multitude of people. And Luke says, the whole multitude of his disciples or his followers began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. You know that I'm loud from hearing the sermon today. For all the mighty works that they had seen, saying this, blessed, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I left something out. I apologize. Saying, Blessed is the king. Blessed is the king, the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven. Glory in the highest. Blessed is the king. The king. They call Jesus the king. Pastor Ryan's series has been in search of a king in search of a leader in search of the right the true leader the true king and what's so particularly significant here with the Hosanna praise is this another way of saying Hosanna is to say save I pray save I pray it is both a praise and it is a prayer. Essentially, it gives great honor to Jesus. But it's also a cry for deliverance. It is indeed a cry for rescue. Deliver, I pray. Deliver, I pray. Deliver, save, rescue. Notice the entrance of Jesus. He's riding on a donkey, a young donkey, a colt. He demonstrates great humility. And yet, the scene has crowds and crowds of people shouting, declaring the entrance of the king approaching Israel, approaching Jerusalem. People lined along the roads almost in a, in a sense giving them a, a, a golden yellow brick road, so to speak, a, a grand entrance into the great city. People are behind 
yelling, screaming, shouting with acclamation, a salvation cry. The king has come. The king has come. Here, Jesus fulfills the prophecy of Zechariah. This whole scene is fulfillment of what the Word of God said years ago. The king rides into Jerusalem. The people treat him like a king. Now, I entitled this message, Treated Like a, a King, with an exclamation point and a question mark. Treated like a king or treated like a king? The, the, the actions of the people stir up the entire city of Jerusalem. It's like someone famous coming to town, and everybody in town knows about it. Everybody is paying attention. Everyone in the city, including the power brokers of Israel, the religious leaders, they ask, who is this? The religious leaders, they, they hear the Hosanna praise. They see the devotion of the crowds to Jesus. Palestine at this particular time in history is under the control of the empire of Rome. When will our land, when will the land of Israel gain freedom from that empire? W will this man actually become the Messiah? Is he the one we've been waiting for? He's riding on the back of a colt. He's commanding the praise of the masses. The people cry out to Jesus. The proclamation they make is about Jesus. This man they've seen raise people from the dead. This man they've seen feed thousands. This man who has touched prostitutes and lepers. This man who has made time for the outcast. People cry out to him. This leads to number five, the last, number four, excuse me, number four and the last question, number four, the fourth question. Will the cry of deliverance be answered? Will the cry of deliverance be answered? The Hosanna praise is praise, and yet it is a cry. The answer is yes. The cry of deliverance will be answered. Zechariah, the, the, the same prophet, in chapter 13 and verse 7, he says this also. Awake, O sword, against my, against my shepherd, against the man who stands next to me, declares the Lord of hosts. God, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit reveals to Zechariah, here you will say you have the Father and you have the Son, the Word who's coming in the future. And God says the sword is going to strike again. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd. Why? We'll keep reading. God says, strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. I will turn my hand against the little ones. Not many days after this glorious entry into the great city of the king, Jesus will not be treated like a king. Jesus will be abandoned. He will be deserted. 
by these disciples who have been so close to him. He has a road that he's got to walk down, and he's got to walk down that road alone. All the cries for deliverance that the people are giving, these uh, uh, praises will cease. One will even lie. One will even lie that he knows Jesus. God will strike the shepherd so that the real cry of deliverance can be answered once for all time. This week that we celebrate, we call it Holy Week. This is the week when salvation... Salvation means deliverance. This is the week when salvation was accomplished. This week we remember. This week we meditate on. This week we thank God for striking the shepherd. Some of you may say, I've never heard anyone say it like that. You may not be used to hearing people say that. But the scriptures say it pleased the Lord to crush his son. It pleased the Lord to crush the son. This week we remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. This week Pastor Ryan is going to provide a, a virtual meditation for Monday Thursday. And there's also going to be a, a virtual service prepared for Good Friday that you'll be able to just get on our website and click on and watch at your convenience. This week, I want to challenge you to take time to think about the life, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus Christ. Jesus is, just as the people were saying, the son of David, the king entering the great city. But he's entering the great city for a far, far greater deliverance than they ever expected. Every person listening to me today, including me, we are failures. We are broken people. All around us, even this, the, the, the past month, this pandemic that we've been dealing with, it, 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 comes at, it comes at an interesting time of the year for the world. What I neglected to say, I'll say now. My challenge to you all is to take time this week and consider the reality of deliverance. Take time this week to consider the reality of deliverance in Jesus Christ. This is the week when for all eternity, Jesus accomplished deliverance for you, for your children, for your neighbors, your family, your co-workers, and a people from every tribe and language and nation. Today, the world literally needs deliverance. And we do pray that God will mercifully bring this virus to an end. But the great deliverance every human being needs is peace with God, peace with God through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Today, today, trust in Jesus the King, for He alone is your deliverance.
Our Father and our God, we thank you for your word and we thank you for providing for the world the deliverer, the, sal the savior, the salvation we so desperately need. We pray, O oh God, that we will value this week in our homes as we're all at, at home this week. May we pray and meditate on Jesus the Christ, our rescuer. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Ryan is going to come now and lead us in our prayers of intercession. Please join me in prayer. Father, we are so thankful and grateful for this word that you have preserved for us. What a privilege it is to know that you have sent one to accomplish deliverance for us. Lord, we want to come before you and ask that your word would have its way in our hearts. We pray, Father, that we would not be desensitized to the truthfulness and power of the gospel by all the things that we face in the stresses of our daily lives. Lord, surely the message of good news is greater than the bad news we see all around us. It's greater than the reports in the news cycle. It's greater than the reports in our retirement plans. And it's greater than the reports in our nation of the hardships that people face. Lord, help salvation not to look small in our eyes. Help us not look for rescue in the means of ordinary life. But let us look to the deeper and more powerful and abundant and eternal rescue that the righteous King of Kings, King Jesus, came to accomplish on our behalf. Lord, we want to lift up our country and pray that this good news and gospel would have success, that this season, which we call Holy Week, would have a moment to shine where your glory is seen on display, even in the midst of this crisis that we are in. We pray that your church would arise to the occasion and shout Hosanna and celebrate, that we would pray for deliverance for our country and for our community, for our friends and family who do not know you, Lord, and that we would also rejoice when they see Jesus come. We pray that you would reveal the word, Jesus Christ, to them through your spirit. Use us, Father. We pray for the leaders of our country that you would give them wisdom as they make decisions. We pray that they would have uh, their sins sidelined by your grace. And we pray that they would act and operate on behalf of the good of this nation and our communities. We pray, Father, for that same prayer for our church. Lord, help us not to become idle in this uh, extended time where we feel sidelined, where we feel like we cannot operate in uh, ministry as we know it. We pray, Lord, that you would arouse our hearts to be eager to work for your gospel, to proclaim your goodness and truth through the daily living in our homes and in our neighborhoods. Help us to rejoice and shout Hosanna and to proclaim the King that we have seen come into our hearts so that others 
may follow along and they may ask, who is this? And we might answer, it is King Jesus. Lord, we also want to lift up the needs in our church. Lord, they are many. You know those who have to forego uh, getting their elective surgeries. We pray that you would bring them comfort. Lord, you know those who've had to close their businesses and those who have had to take voluntary and involuntary layoffs. Lord, you know those who are seeing their uh, savings and income dwindle. And Father, we pray that you would give us the grace to act and to support. We pray that you would give uh, peace amidst all the reasons to worry. We pray, Father, that you would reveal yourself as the provider and the protector, the true king of the hearts of your people. We pray that that would be a great witness in the world. And Lord, for those who are witnessing on the front lines in other countries, Lord, we think especially of those who are serving in these countries that are very hard hit by this pandemic. Lord, in Iran and Spain and in Italy, Lord, you know how uh, China has been affected in all of this. Lord, we pray for all your missionaries, for all those who are sharing the good news of Christ and who are encouraging the worship of the true and living triune God. We pray that you would give them protection and wisdom. We pray that your kingdom would be built. And we pray that uh, there would be great rejoicing during this holy week. Father, we ask all of these things. We offer these prayers up to you in the strong name of Christ. Amen. Let us respond to God's word and to the prayers that he will answer. And let's uh, join our voices together and sing Hosanna. I see the King of glory Coming on the clouds with fire The whole earth shakes The whole earth shakes I see His love and mercy Washing over all our sin The people sing The people sing Hosanna Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. I see a generation rising up to take their place with selfless faith, with selfless faith. I see a near revival, stirring as we pray and seek. We're on our knees, we're on our knees. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest.
Open up my eyes to the things unseen. Show me how to love like you have loved me. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom's cause. As I walk from earth into eternity. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna. are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trials, of famine and darkness and sword, still we are the voice in the desert crying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Behold, he comes riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, lift your voice. It's a year of jubilee, and out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. And these are the days of Ezekiel, the dry bones becoming as flesh. And these are the days of your servant David rebuilding a temple of praise. And these are the days of the harvest. The fields are as white in the world. And we are the laborers in your vineyard declaring the word of the Lord. Behold, he comes riding on the clouds shining like the sun at the trumpet call lift your voice it's a year of jubilee and out of zion's hill salvation comes there is no god like jehovah there is no God like Jehovah. 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 
There is no God like Jehovah. There is no God like Jehovah. There is no God like Jehovah. There is no God like Jehovah. There is no God like Jehovah. Behold, He comes riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, lift your voice. It's a year of jubilee. And out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, lift your voice. It's a year of jubilee. And out of Zion's hill, lift your voice. It's a year of jubilee. And out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. Will you all please say amen? Amen. Thank God for this hour of service. Thank you that we're able to gather virtually together. We pray that you and me will take the time this week to meditate on the great Lord Jesus Christ, who is the King. He is the deliverance that everybody needs so desperately. Hear now the benediction, the good word from the Lord. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The grace of God be with you all.